Recently, my friend Jillian took me to a beautiful memorial garden between Port Moody and Coquitlam on our way back from running an errand. This garden is called the Labyrinth Healing Garden, and it's located in the Pioneer Memorial Park. And it's meant to be an intentional and reflective space for people to pause and to remember. And in this particular instance, to remember lost loved ones. Jillian shared with me that this special garden gave her the sacred space to remember and commemorate her own late father. Remembering is a very significant act. It is an active and integral part of our lives. We work very hard to remember special dates, birthdays, anniversaries, baptism dates, to remember the people and events that have shaped our lives. And we get in trouble when we forget. How many of us here have forgotten birthdays of loved ones or maybe our anniversaries? For some of us, and maybe not all of us here, New Year's Eve, like today, is a space a time where we can pause and reflect on the past year in anticipation of the new one. When I think about remembering, I think about my family and good friends who know me really well and know that I cherish traveling and getting to know different places and peoples and cultures. So whenever they travel, they take the time to pick out a souvenir, whether that's a snack or a coffee or a tea, and bring it back for me to enjoy. And it just fills my heart with joy because I'm reminded that not only have I been remembered, but I've been remembered in a significantly special way for me, in a way that resonates with me. When my dad travels to um, southern India to a particular part of our hometown, he always comes back with these little treats and it fills me with joy because it reminds me of home and it reminds me that I'm remembered. Remembering is significant for us. What communicates to you that you are a deeply remembered person? One of the themes that has anchored our church community this Advent and Christmas season is the theme of good news. During Advent, good news is that we wait for the coming of Jesus Christ. Christmas then brings the good news that Jesus Christ is here. Our Lord has come to be with his beloved people. And so on New Year's Eve, I want to continue in this thread of good news and remind all of us that no matter what circumstances or situations we are facing, as we enter into the new year, we have a God who actively remembers his people. We are not forgotten. God remembers his people. And this is great news to start off the new year. And so I want to delve into a biblical narrative that may be a little bit unique for New Year's Eve. But bear with me, because it brings to the forefront this profound theme of God remembering his people. We're in Exodus chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. <clears throat> Excuse me. Which reads, During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery 
and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. Radically beautiful character of God. God remembered, God saw his people, and God Let me just pray for us before we continue. Gracious God, we come before you and we are so blessed to know that God, you remember your people. You see your people, you hear us, you love us. And so Lord, as we continue in our time of worship, hearing from scripture, spirit of God, would you come and open our hearts and minds and ears to hear what it is that you are telling us, reminding us of the truth of who we are in you and because of you. Very beloved people whom you always remember. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And so I want to provide some context here. At this point of the story in Exodus chapter 2, the people of Israel have been slaves in Egypt for approximately 400 years. Generations have come and gone. In their slavery, they've had to endure many injustices from severe physical labor to unbelievably harsh treatment to powerlessly witnessing a genocide where the king of Egypt mandates the murder of Israelite infant sons for population control. We read about this genocide in Exodus 1, verses 15 to 16. Then the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other one Pua, when you serve as midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, If it is a son, you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, she shall live. If you're thinking at this point, man, this is really, really intense, you're absolutely right. It is. The people of Israel were not simply complaining or grumbling out of discomfort or inconvenience. The extent of their agony and lament goes deep. It includes the senseless killing of their sons, their children, their babies. Their cry for help is real, raw, and visceral. As we hear about the Israelites' pain in their slavery, we can pause and acknowledge the extent of grief for many of us as we conclude another year. This year has come with death, with loss, mental health illnesses, violence, war, uncertainty, unrest, health issues, stress, unmet expectations, relational pain, and so much more. But the point of sitting with the Israelites in their groaning for a few moments here is not to be ultimately bogged down by their pain recorded in the Exodus story for us. 
The goal in recognizing even our list of things that we're carrying or maybe carrying here today is not to be overwhelmed by them ultimately. Taking the time to understand the depth of the Israelite people's pain as we find them crying out to God helps us deeply resonate with the immensity of God's response to them. Similarly, we can acknowledge our hurts because of God's profound response to us. And here it is. God is deeply moved by the suffering of his people. This doesn't mean that now we have to quickly hurry up and move on from our grief. Rather, we are reminded that God is moved by us and the things that weigh on us. The Labyrinth Healing Garden I mentioned in the beginning includes the phone of the wind. Here's a picture of it. As you can see, it's an actual dial phone created by the garden designer, Itaru Sasaki, who used this creative resource to help him cope with the death of his cousin. It was then given as a gift to other people, to the public in this garden as a resource to help them grieve the more than 15,000 loved ones who were simply killed, just washed away into the ocean one day in 2011, in the 2011 earthquake and tsunami in the Japanese region of Tohoku. The idea behind this phone is that the living loved ones can literally dial the numbers of their deceased and figuratively speak to them. Talk to the loved ones who simply vanished one day. Remember them. Now, while I myself did not get to use this phone, I remember coming back home from my visit to the garden and opening up my own phone and heading over to WhatsApp to the archived messages. And I went to my Uncle Sebastian's chat box and I started reading the messages he sent me for birthdays or the messages he sent me with scripture verses, especially now that he's no longer here having passed away in the 2019 COVID pandemic. But doing that reinforced to me, I was remembered by him. He was thinking of me. Actively remembering is very healing. Knowing that God actively remembers his people gives us the full reign of freedom to sit in all our circumstances, even the weighty ones. For we do not ultimately sit in hopelessness. We do not ultimately sit alone. This is good news. This is great news because we are led to our relational and responsive God, a God who is moved by us and by whose movement we are reminded that we matter a great deal to him. The Israelites mattered a great deal to God. When their cries rose up to God, God responded relationally. It's exactly why the people cried out to this God in the first place. They expected a response. 
This reminds me that I often notice little kiddos. When they're beginning to cry, the feelings are deep and the burst of tears are about to come. You can find them looking for their safe person to comfort them. It's mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, maybe a trusted teacher. Many times, even if someone else is kind enough to comfort them, they're like, no, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I want my safe person to cry around because they know how to comfort me. They get me. So it is with God. He was the Israelites' safe person. Their lament did not simply disappear into nothingness. It was not an exercise in futility. It did not fall on deaf ears. God saw them. God heard them. And God remembered his people. This speaks volumes to a nation in a deeply vulnerable state such as that of helpless slavery where there is no freedom, there is no voice, and there is no identity given to them. Now, this is not to say that God had initially forgotten about the people of Israel for 400 years. It does not mean that God had previously abandoned the Israelite people altogether. In fact, God was very active in their lives, even in their slavery. He had always been responding to them, moving in their midst. For example, we read in Exodus chapter 1, verse 7, but the people of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. They were abundant even in their suffering. They were described as strong. I mention this to remind us that when scripture tells us that God remembered it is telling us that God is going to respond in some profound and mighty way. It is pointing towards the character of God and his active engagement with his people. God is going to act. And God is going to act in accordance to his faithfulness. God is going to make a big move, if you will, in the biblical narrative, in the redemptive plan that he has for his people. For the Israelites, in this specific instance, God is going to establish them as a people, as his people, giving them back the very things that slavery had stole and stripped away from them. This was a promise he had made to a man called Abraham and his family generations ago. We read about this in Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This was a specific promise that God made to Abraham and his descendants, which included the Israelites, and God did not forget. A relational God responds. He is not distant or unapproachable. 
A relational response from loved ones, from family, from friends, in the midst of remembering, particularly remembering weighty things, is a gift. After we visited the garden, Jillian dropped me off at home, but before we parted ways, we sat together and remembered the year that we'd had. We talked through the pains and the joys we had experienced and encountered. We talked about death and loss and relational pains. We didn't solve anything for each other in that car. It wasn't even on our mind to do that. It wasn't the point. The point was the joy and comfort of being able to sit with a friend and know that I was seen and heard. And that pointed me to this God who sees and hears his people. This God who remembers his people. God remembered the Israelites then as they were navigating 400 years of slavery and all of its implications. God remembers us here today. And here is the beautiful thing, the beautiful encouragement. God can do a great deal for us as we remember and navigate what weighs on us. If we read the rest of the Exodus narrative, we read about God's mighty acts of deliverance to free the Israelites from Egypt, from their slavery. God rescues them, he delivers them, he redeems them, and then he doesn't just abandon them somewhere. He pursues them for a relationship. Here's what we read in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, as God is speaking to Moses, the leader that he chose to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. God says to Moses, Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. God remembers his people. As you hear this, in what areas of your lives or in what circumstances do you need to know that your God remembers you? As we've been sitting in a garden for some parts of this sermon, I want to bring you to another garden, another place where we not only see and notice this gospel message of God remembering his people, as we've been looking at in this Exodus passage, but we are reminded also of God's great deliverance, his redemptive and relational plan for us, for his people, his response to us. This garden is from John chapter 19, verses 40 to 41. Jesus has been crucified and his friends, his loved ones, have received his body. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb 
in which no one had yet been laid. In this garden, we remember Jesus Christ, who is God's ultimate relational response to our cries. Jesus Christ is God's ultimate response to our cries of death, loss, mental health illnesses, violence, war, uncertainty, unrest, health issues, stress, unmet expectations, relational pain, and so much more that we identified earlier on. Jesus Christ is God's response to us. Jesus came into this world to be among people whom God so loved. That's you and me. Jesus came to be with you and me. It's why we celebrate Christmas, to remember Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to this world fully God, fully man, and died on the cross because even in our sins and in our brokenness, God actively remembered us, took the initiative to remember us his people. And God acted faithfully on behalf of his people. Jesus's body laid in the tomb in this garden tells us that we are a remembered people. Jesus lived, died, was buried, and rose again for us. It's why we can go into the new year with anticipation, with hope, no matter what our situations and circumstances may be. As you're hearing this, if you're curious about what it means that this is Jesus, this is who God is, that God remembers, and you want to ask more questions, I invite you to consider Alpha. Alpha is an opportunity to, to come alongside together with other members of your community and ask these sorts of questions. It's a relational approach with dinner, with questions and conversations. It'll start on January 25th. If you're curious about it, I invite you to go to 10th.ca slash alpha. Similarly, if you're a youth here in grade six to 12, or you know a youth in grade six to 12, and they're curious about alpha, they can head on over to 10th.ca slash youth alpha. Beautiful opportunity to engage in this profound truth that we are a remembered people, that we have a God who remembers us. In, in the Exodus passage that we just read about God remembering the promise, he remembered the promise he had made to Abraham and God acted to fulfill that promise. I wanna end our time together with promises from scripture. Promises that may look familiar to you because in the fall, in our series, Don't Forget to Remember, Pastor Craig put up these scriptural promises and invited us to reflect on them to again remember that God sees and hears and remembers us. And so I want to spend some time just reading these scriptural promises. They'll be up on the screen. And I invite you to prayerfully consider which one or what might God be inviting you to take into the new year? What promise of his for God's people 
might he be inviting you to take into the new year? We'll just spend a little bit of time in silent reflection as you read these promises up on the screen and I'll come back and close us in prayer. Amen. Knowing that I am remembered by God gives me a great deal of strength and courage to live my life with hope. As you go into the new year, know that God remembers you. May you know without an ounce of doubt that your God remembers you. He sees you. He hears you and he remembers you. In Christ Jesus, we know that God has responded to us. God has remembered us, you and me, his very beloved people. Amen. Join me in prayer. Good and gracious God, We give you all the glory and thanks and praise for you are a good God. You are a God who remembers his people. You are a God who sees and hears us. And so, Lord Jesus, as we go into the new year, you know, Spirit of God, what each one here is carrying and holding. In the midst of all that they are carrying and holding, Father, I ask that you would remind them that they are a remembered people, that they are not forgotten, that they are so beloved by you, God, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross, that we may have life eternal and life abundant. And so, Lord, I pray a blessing over our new year that in all things we would experience your peace, your life abundant, your life eternal. Thank you, God, for who you are and who we get to be because we are your sons and daughters, your children, your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.